The Automotive News Canada podcast is brought to you by Diamond Coat. Did you know Diamond Coat has a 96% claims approval rate? This translates into happy customers and repeat service business. But really, you get much, much more when you become a Diamond Coat dealer. Advantages like in-house chemical manufacturing, product fulfillment, bilingual claim support, and a highly experienced team with decades of F&I experience. Visit diamondcoat.com to get started. Diamond Coat, we've got you covered. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the October 29th, 2021 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. The Detroit Three on October 14th enacted vaccine mandates that require anyone setting foot into their Canadian facilities be fully inoculated against COVID-19 and be able to show proof of that. At first, Unifor, the union representing thousands of workers at the trio of automakers, seemed to accept the policy. But now the union is pushing back. Unifor National President Jerry Diaz will explain why on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. How's Greg today? Good, Jerry. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Well, let's start here, Jerry. What's the latest on Unifor's position when it comes to its members at the Detroit Three being told they need to be vaccinated by a certain date? And that date obviously varies fact, uh, automaker to automaker, but what's, the Unif- what's Unifor's latest position? Well, first of all, we're very much in favor of vaccination policies. It's the only way we're going to get through this pandemic. But we certainly have problems with a policy where personal medical information will go to the United States. That's a problem. We have a problem with the fact that the Detroit Three came up with one set of rules for their employees in the United States and a completely different set of rules uh, for their employees in Canada. We frankly do not agree that somehow we can have a senior employee, a senior member, a person with 25 years, has had an unblemished record for 25 years, and they may end up being terminated. We have members who are two years away from retirement, and somehow they're not going to be fired. So we've got all kinds of problems with that. I mean, there's there's different groups, Greg. So let me give you an example. Sure. The, the company has not done one thing in the form of education. So we have members who are anti-vaxxers for sure. But we have also a lot of members who are just afraid. So you think that those members who, you know, are afraid and need more information, you think that prior to the company imposing some sort of discipline, that they would reach out and educate. They haven't done any of that either. And so these are unilateral policies implemented by the companies. They didn't speak to us at all. And so, you know, we we clearly have some problems um, with, with, with how they're laying it out. I want to just go back to what you said at the beginning. You have a problem with the information going to the United States. Does that mean that, are, are you talking about, um, the Detroit three headquarters in the United States having access to that information or is it someone else? No, no, we've, we've had, um, you know, some of the employers are saying to us that the confidential medical information will go to the U S that's where they're going to store the information. And frankly, we think that in itself is illegal. I don't know when the heck 
uh, companies can send Canadians medical information across the border. So there's a variety of things and there's some inconsistencies. Now, look, different workplaces, there's different policies based on the nature of work, based on if you're interacting with the public. But by and large, our workplaces are individual communities. And we have been managing this now for Christ, 19 months, 18 months. So, you know, so we have some concerns with the fact that they're imposing it. They're not speaking to us about it. And, you know, like when COVID hit and we started talking about a safe return to the workplace and how we're going to do that. Well, we worked hand in hand because we both had the same objectives. That was making sure that people were at work safely. But now when it comes time to a vaccine policy, they just unilaterally implement it, which is their, which is frankly, they have the right to do that. But, you know, we would have preferred a different approach. I have to ask, where is this pushback coming from? Because when you and I first talked back on October 14th, Unifor seemed pretty much on board with this policy. So is this pushback coming from locals from the ground up? No, 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 that has nothing to do with it. the position that I have taken right off the bat. And I, and it is my position and our position is I'm not going to BS anybody. Like I'm not into the BS business. And there's a lot of people who don't want to hear the truth. And that's unfortunate, but our lawyers are saying to us, and by the looks of things, the courts are now, you know, there's what we are told is that if a company puts into place a reasonable vaccination policy, if it's deemed to be reasonable, then employees have to make decisions on their status, understanding that there may be consequences. Well, the facts are, there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that. They would prefer if I fed them a line of crap and says, ah, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Well, it's not the case. Because our lawyers were saying to us, look, you better be careful what you say. Because, look, it's, it's uh, in my opinion, I would rather tell our members the truth, even if it's not very popular, than create this atmosphere of false hope. And then they listen to us. And when we give them that good old alley shuffle that, you know, we're there and we're going to fix it and don't worry about it. And then at the end of the day, they're fired. And they look at us and say, well, why didn't you tell us that we may be risking our jobs? So I haven't changed my position one or The reality is, is I'm not going to lie to people and be honest with people. And I'm going to tell people that if the courts and arbitrators deem that the policy is reasonable, then you better be understanding that there may very well be consequences to your individual decision. So what is it you're looking for here, Jerry? Just to sit down with the Detroit Three to hammer this out altogether? Or what do you want changed specifically? Yeah, well, look, what we said to them, Greg, is look, why don't we put a pause on this thing and get everybody in a room and let's figure out how we do this. Let's talk about what the education should look like. Let's start talking about those people who are hesitant um, to get vaccinated that, frankly, don't have, in my opinion, good information people need to be educated so there's a variety of different things that we need to talk about but frankly they're saying listen it's our decision to make this is the policy that we're implementing it now go pound salt 
So does COVID-19 and vaccine policy become part of contract negotiations in the future, do you think, just to prevent this type of reaction from happening again in the future? Well, it, it may. It's it's premature. I mean, we just we just ratified the deals in, you know, uh, September of, of 2020. So that's, uh, you know, we got two and a half years to go. Uh, more than that, we've got three years to go. So we'll cross that bridge at that time, but it's premature right now. We'll be right back after this short break. Diamond Coat has been a leading F&I provider to the retail automotive industry. For over 50 years, our philosophy hasn't changed. For us to provide the best products and services, we need total control over every part of our business. From R&D to manufacturing to claims administration, we do everything in-house. We're committed to introducing the best quality products to the market. And recently, through our partnership with Kix Global, we're able to bring the Kix Locate Theft Recovery System to dealerships across Canada. This covert device can be used within your dealership to track, maintain, and safeguard your assets. No wires, no monthly fees, just full protection. It's this kind of commitment that has made Diamond Coat Canada's most trusted warranty providers for all automotive dealers, manufacturers, and customers. To find out more about our new anti-theft products and programs, visit diamondcoat.com. That's diamondcoat.com to get started. Diamond Coat, we've got you covered. Welcome back to the podcast where I'm speaking with Unifor National President Jerry Diaz. Unifor itself, and, and I apologize because I don't know officially, I, are you a corporation? Are you a business? I, I just, I'm asking because what is the policy for Unifor? You you have employees that work for Unifor, correct? Correct. We, we have put into place um, a mandatory vaccination policy. And out of our 425 employees, I think we have six that are refusing to get vaccinated. And what happens to those employees, Jerry? Well, we're, we're obviously speaking to them, but at the end of the day, we are reopening um, our workplace, um, our, our main office um, next week. And we have a heck of a lot of employees that work in our main office that have no intention of working beside somebody who's vaccinated. Zero. So we will deal with them. Why didn't the automakers... Um come to you and and work together on this policy we know you have health and safety committees at every plant and every shop um and, and at the national level how how come um the two sides didn't get together on this earlier look i can't i can't answer that i can't answer that question you're gonna have to ask them the bottom line is they view it as their management right to impose the policy and that's what they're doing we've met with them we've talked to them we've asked them to Let's all get in a room, put a pause on this thing so we can get everybody in a room so we can raise all of our issues. Um, we raised many of our concerns with them because uh, we had leadership discussions with Ford, GM, and Chrysler. Uh, at the end of the day, we've had both Chrysler and General Motors uh, respond back to us saying, listen, they have no intention of, uh, of doing anything different than what they previously announced. So what happens on those dates? There's two in December for the uh, for General Motors and Stellantis, and Ford's policy goes into effect in January. So what happens on those three dates if nothing's changed, if you haven't sat down and hammered out a policy together? I have no idea. Are you worried? They are, they are, hold, they are holding. Well, I'm certainly concerned for, uh, for, for the impact that it's going to have on our members. Um, but like I said... I mean, what we're doing is we're providing, we've, we've raised their concerns, we've raised the concerns uh, with the Detroit 3, 
Uh, they told us to, to go for a long walk and a short plank. Um, but what we are being is we are being quite adamant to our members that, look, um, you have to be careful and take responsibility for the decisions that you make. Like, we have to be straightforward, even if it's not popular. And, but like I said, I would rather be honest with people uh, than feed people a line of crap just because it might be politically expedient in order to do so. That's, that's not our organization. Do you have any idea of a per- by percentage how many of the Detroit three employees you represent are vaccinated? What percentage has gotten the shot? No, but my, my guess is our members are reflective of the society on the whole. Like in Ontario, we're probably in between 85 and 90 percent now vaccinated. And I would expect that's the same for our members. While I have you, um, I, I need to ask this question. Um, Windsor Assembly, what is going to happen there? Um, is there new product on the way? Do you know what it is? If there is something on the way, I just wonder where that factory goes from where it's at right now. Look, we, we bargained a major investment for the Windsor Assembly plant, and Chrysler is reconfirming um, that they are moving ahead with the commitment that they made to us in negotiations. That includes, I think, about a billion. They're, they're going to twin the assembly lines. So one line will be for ICE, in other words, the Pacifica, and another assembly line will have the ability uh, to build battery electric vehicles and hybrids. Do you wish or do you hope... Stellantis comes out sooner rather than later and lays out publicly the plan. I mean, it's it's a lot of uncertainty in Windsor. I just wonder if that's in the works. Is there an announcement coming? Well, I don't know if there's an announcement coming, but certainly we have requested a meeting uh, to get these types of answers. And, and what about the federal and provincial government? We know they were going to kick in some money on this project. Where are they at? They are both in. They are saying that they will participate in the uh, in the uh, the restructuring of the auto industry. Both the federal and provincial governments have made those commitments. When you say restructuring of the auto industry, does that mean just investing in more green vehicle production? Correct. Correct. So let me give you an example. Yeah, sure. No, no. So let me give you an example. You're right. Um, they like I don't like I don't have specific names for the vehicles that they're going to be building. Okay. Like, like in, like in Ingersoll, we have the, the, like, you know, we, we know them, we know the models that we're building in, in Ingersoll, obviously, but they are still, in my opinion, working on the, on the projects that they will put in Ford in Oakville and in Windsor. So they made the commitment and I'm being told um, as everyone is being told, that they're plowing ahead with the commitments they made. The federal government has already done the deal uh, with Ford. Um, they're on the cusp, uh, the provincial government and also the federal government, of, 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 of finalizing the agreement with General Motors. And uh, Ford, excuse me, and Chrysler and the different governments are in discussions. But like I said, what they did is typically um, it used to be 10% and 10%, 10% by the federal government, 10% by the by the provincial government for for auto assembly projects. But both the federal and the provincial governments have increased their respective states to 15% each uh, for battery electric vehicles. If you could say 
or tell one thing to your members in Windsor and not, and not just at Windsor assembly plant, but to the suppliers and the feeder plants, because if, when you're down to one shift, that affects a whole heck of a lot of jobs and companies in Southern Ontario. What would you say right now to them about the future? The future is by and large finding a solution to the micro ship problem and getting through this pandemic. Those are the major hurdles, in my opinion, facing the auto industry today. The fact that you've got Joe Biden talking about buy American strategies and putting in uh, potential roadblocks that may negatively impact our auto industry doesn't help either. All right, Jerry. I appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much. No problem, Greg. Take care. All right. I'd like to thank Jerry for being my guest today. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.